these uh, performances from all across the state that show children placing dollar bills into men's undergarments. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative, the volunteer state's largest conservative news alternative. And today we are joined by Clay Doggett, state representative for District 70, which covers Giles and part of Lawrence County. And Clay is vice chair of the Commerce Committee and is a member of the Business and Criminal Justice Subcommittees and a member of the Judiciary Committee. He is the uh, prestigious recipient of the Tennessee Conservatives Freedom Caucus Award uh, in 2022, which he puts under his pillow every night. And it says it provides encouragement uh, and imbues uh, all kinds of powers for resisting uh, the nefarious forces up in Nashville to abandon his conservative principles. Those are my words, not his. Clay is married with three children and an owner of Blue Line Pressure Washing. And he is a member of uh, the Church of Christ and received his bachelor degree in history and political science at the <laughs> University of Alabama, uh, Huntsville. Clay, welcome to the program and thank you. Hey, thank you so much. And uh, I, we actually have four children. And I need to update four. my profile if I haven't done that already. It, uh, Yes, we have four children, 11, 9, 6, and 2. Wow. Well, you are a busy, busy man. Uh, so, and Clay joins us from his car because uh, sometimes running a business and making a living gets in the way of being a good conservative. Uh, which I had to scurry down from my duties as a small business owner to do this uh, today. And so Clay and I are are similar in that regard, and we we share a similar background and uh, participation in, in the industry of painting and pressure washing. So, uh, Clay, I'd like to take this time to walk through a few of the bills. Number one, that you are sponsoring, and I have one at the end I'd like to just get your opinion on because you have weighed in on similar bills in the past. Uh, House Bill 30. Mm -hmm. And I know we've gotten lots of uh, positive coverage from this from Tennessee's corporate liberal media. They really like this bill, uh, tongue in cheek. It defines adult cabaret entertainment uh, and it creates a licensure component for performers who are compensated and it restricts uh, the age to 18 and over. What has been the uh, the press reception to that in Tennessee and uh, versus the constituent uh, reception and what does it do and why is it important? Well, surprisingly, all the pushback that I have received on this bill, and then it's uh, it's kind of become a companion bill to House Bill 9, which is carried by Chris Todd. Uh, we're both looking at uh, very similar issues with the adult cabaret statutes that are existing right now, but uh, he's in one section of code. I'm in this other section of code, and so we're, we're – and there goes – there goes my setup. <laughs> uh, we'll just leave it in there. It's fine. We're we're very uh, we're very we're very uh, uh, informal here. It's fine. That maybe that helps people stay engaged. Uh, just a little <laughs> bit of camera angle change. Go ahead. But sorry about that. But yes, our bills they uh, they kind they go together. And so, uh, uh, like I said, he's in one section of code. I'm over in another. But uh, the the biggest pushback that. I have received and he has received is not about men dressing as women and performing uh, sexually explicit, doing sexually explicit performances in front of children. That's not the issue. It's not the issue that uh, one that 
right now that anyone can bring a child under the eight, age of 18 to these sexually explicit performances. The issue has been that they're afraid it's going to catch wrestling as one of the, the activities that might uh, become illegal with this, that uh, the wrestlers will end up being charged. They're worried that country music singers may end up being charged or rap artists may be end up being charged. Or if you go to the Shakespeare play at your local high school, that these students are going to be charged. This is all they have to come at these bills with is these objections. And it's simply not the case. We already have obscenity statutes that exist. And, and so uh, what we did is we took the obscenity statute, uh, some of the definitions from there, harmful to minors, and, and added them into a new definition, what we call adult cabaret entertainment, so that, uh, you know, we're, one, we're preventing uh, these sexually explicit shows from being performed in front of minors. My bill, like you mentioned, uh, does a licensure component. So if someone is performing and they're getting compensated, They've got to have a license, and that license is the same type of license that would be required for uh, someone that was working at a strip club as a stripper. They've got to go through their local sheriff's department to get a license, and in doing so, you have to. You have to <laughs> they've, got, they've got to get a license to thrill. Is what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. If you're going to participate, but you know, a lot of times these uh, performers. Uh, get on stage and they have names, you know, like uh, Destiny or what, you know, whatever the name is that they've made up, that's what they come in there with. But you don't know who they are. And a lot of these performers come out of state to do these, these shows, you know, that they'll do at their, their festivals and events and where children are there. I guarantee you, I'd bet you a dollar to a donut that there's sex offenders, registered sex offenders, maybe from our state or other states that are coming here and performing in front of children. And so if you're going to receive compensation, that includes tips. We've got photos and videos from uh, these uh, performances from all across the state that show children placing dollar bills into men's undergarments yeah. uh there and so this is going to even if you take one dollar you've got to have a license and then if you don't it's a b misdemeanor or it's an a misdemeanor under chris todd's bill he sets the new criminal section so uh everything that falls under this is an a misdemeanor for the first offense second offense is an e felony and so uh what his bill kind of where ours work together is we both share the definition I've got the licensure component in there. We both share the age restrictions. He goes in and says where you can't do those. And one of those is on public property. And so um, that uh, none of that that I've discussed has the media or the left fired up at all. They're worried about wrestlers and musical entertainers. That's that's only objection that they have. Well, my midget wrestling stage name is Destiny the Hammer. <laughs> and so I was, I was worried about this initially. I was worried about this initially, uh, but you have allayed my concerns. I mean, this is just something we, this is the camel's nose underneath the tent. I mean, since you and I were children and we're of similar age, I've just watched 
like common decency things that are good for kids just get thrown out the window from everywhere to public property to the education system. And after a while, folks need to understand this stuff is not good for society, and it certainly isn't good for children. Uh, next story, <clears throat> there's a bill uh, that is being carried by Representative Powers and Frank Nicely right now to prevent the mass transportation of illegal aliens into the state. It was killed by Republicans last time around. Hopefully it'll make it through this time as we've seen the problem get bigger and bigger. And I think it kind of ties into this H bill, uh, HB 702 that you're carrying, and it is to make um, possession of 0.5 grams or more of fentanyl a B felony. And why is this important? Well, I mean, under the current uh, presidential administration, uh, the border has been opened back up and it's just free range. Uh, speaking with law enforcement and and just even right here in my community, which you're over there as a, a county that borders another state, uh, fentanyl has just been a, a huge issue that we're seeing, not only in when it comes to dealing with law enforcement, but the health and welfare of the citizens of our state, but also there's been a lot of deaths that have been uh, that have occurred around fentanyl, people that are using drugs that have fentanyl in it, uh, you know, and just the smallest amount can kill you. I've read stories of where law enforcement officers not knowing that they were in contact with fentanyl ended up having some severe cardiac issues uh, just by touching it. I mean, it's such a small amount that can kill you. Uh, fentanyl is is quickly becoming the one of the largest causes for drug overdoses and deaths. And so uh, with, the D, with the help of the district attorney's uh, conference, all the DAs from across the state, they said, hey, we need to, we need to fight it. They're not helping us out of Washington with it. Uh, so we've got to do something on this end, maybe as a deterrent uh, to help stop that. And so we're increasing it from, um, I think it's a, a C to a B felony now just for that 0.5 grams, which is a very, very, very small amount uh, of fentanyl at uh, 0.5 grams. Well, this stuff is not like the stuff Hank Jr. grows out behind his house uh, in, in the country where can't survive. This stuff is like, it's basically human pesticide uh, mm -hmm. that gets you high. And by the time you figure it out that you've had too much of it, you are no more. That's and right. So, I don't think this is this is not a recreational thing. This is a life and death thing, and I'm all for it. Guys, we need your help. Help! We need your help. Support. Go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support. Help us in our work. Mail us. Mail us your love letters uh, to the Tennessee Conservative, 1523 East 27th Street, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37404. I did not receive a single valentine. Not a single one from any of you, to my knowledge. You know, I did not check the mail today. So there may be one in there. There may be one in there with some uh, sweet tarts, uh, maybe maybe some chocolates, maybe some... And now you can get them cheap. You can go to CVS. They're on sale. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you that I did not get to say Happy Valentine's Day to. But we do need your support. We never have hardly any money in the bank. I mean, we, we make enough uh, to pay our people, and that's it. And I don't take a paycheck from this. So if I can do this for free... You can find 5, 10, 20, 50, 100, and some of you are freaking rich out there and you're conservative and you've done well in your businesses. Send us a thousand bucks. I will put it in the bank. I don't take anything out of it. Can we just use it to keep the lights on, to pay our people who I wish we had more money to pay them better because they deserve it, every last bit of it. 
So do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support. And if you give any amount whatsoever, we will send you this directory of all the folks up there in um, in Nashville. Some great, some okay, not so good. Um, some, some just rhinos through and through. Should be running as Democrats, but that's not how their district is drawn. And we will send you this proud Tennessee conservative bumper sticker, this Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker. And if you get $50 or more, or a recurring donation of $10 or more, we will send you both of these puppies. Man, you want these. You want these. Everybody wants these. Proud Tennessee conservative tumbler and this proud Tennessee conservative koozie. We got you covered in the drink department, both literally and figuratively. Tell us about this uh, pro-life uh, and tax reduction measure, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, conservatives should love uh, House Bill 1019. Uh, and of course, the, the liberal press has given both Lee and you and others a, a huge black eye for this. Uh, and it is uh, basically the pregnancy resource tax credit. And it's a dollar for dollar tax credit toward franchise and excise tax for businesses who contribute to pregnancy resource centers. So talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. So um, I had some help, uh, a lady that this is near and dear to over in the Memphis area that reached out to me back before Christmas. And, you know, with the recent Dobbs decision, uh, the Supreme Court putting it back in the state's hands, we had the trigger bill and the heartbeat bill that had passed uh, a couple years ago. And so uh, a lot of efforts now have been going, which we've, we've always had the pregnancy resource centers or the crisis pregnancy centers across the state where uh, people volunteer their time in a lot of cases to help educate uh, mothers that find themselves pregnant. They also help work with uh, mothers and, and families to go through and provide resources and things that they may need after the child is born. Uh, to help them take care of that child. And so uh, a lot of communities and churches support these groups uh, to help them in their efforts. And they're always raising money uh, to be able to continue. And so a lot of times these groups are not eligible for a lot of grants that other nonprofits are eligible for. Uh, you know, if you open up a Planned Parenthood clinic or clinic similar to that, they would generally make sure that you are well-funded to carry out your mission. But when it comes to pro-life efforts, uh, the funding uh, relies not as much on taxpayer funds, but more as individual and private donors and churches and, and different groups like that. So what this idea is, is that it's a dollar for dollar tax credit. There's uh, a similar bill. It's, it's modeled after legislation that passed in Mississippi Florida has passed similar uh, legislation to do this. We're going to um, do this through uh, businesses and corporations uh, can get a dollar for dollar tax credit on the franchise and excise tax. Uh, they can contribute to, and hopefully they will contribute to these pregnancy resource centers to help them get the things that they need. And it also is a great benefit to the business. Uh, thankfully, we do not have a state income tax. Other states that have done this do have state income taxes. So in conjunction with their uh, state business taxes, that franchise and excise tax that they pay, they also have opportunities for individuals to uh, get a tax uh, write-off whenever they or use it as a deduction when they do their state income tax. But I'm very thankful we don't have that here. 
but uh, we're asking for $5 million in this legislation for the tax credit. I know Governor Lee in the budget just proposed $100 million to pregnancy resource centers or crisis pregnancy centers, as he called them. So I'm going to be meeting with him soon. The Senate sponsor is Brent Taylor from over in uh, the Shelby County area. And so uh, he and I are going to go sit down with the governor and ask about looking at expanding this opportunity uh, further if it's possible. But uh, hopefully we'll get some good traction with it. Very good. Don't tell him you talked to me. Ask him if he could start working on some of those 10 for 10 campaign promises from back when he first ran. Primarily <laughs> the reason I voted is to say, hey, you got some unfinished homework over here, Bill. Uh, take a look at these. School choice would be a good one to start with. Um, last question. <clears throat> Can I get your opinion on a law that's proposed by Representative Ron Travis? It's got some folks kind of worried. And uh, Senator Paul Bailey, where parents could be charged with a felony for failure to turn their child over uh, to DCS, which, it, as we know from reports recently, is woefully inept. I mean, I don't, I don't mean it's not maybe taking your kid out of the frying pan and putting them into the fire. Uh, even on anonymous and unsubstantiated allegations of child abuse or neglect, when DCS obtains a secret court order, uh, I mean, like I, you and I were talking before we got on here, you can't accuse somebody of theft, of burglary, of anything without filing a police report, pressing charges publicly. And those are very petty things, but to take away somebody's child or to call in some anonymous tip, it seems kind of troublesome. It's House Bill 1109, Companion Senate Bill 1319 would eliminate the due process, which requires a person to know who makes the accusations uh, and have their day in court and tell their side of the story to a judge. You've seen similar issues in a committee that you used to be in, so I just wonder what, what do you think is going to happen to this bill, and it seems a little it seems a little troublesome from, from a parent's standpoint. It is. And I can totally understand from, as a parent, uh, you know, we, this is my fifth year in the legislature. The last four years I have fought for uh, or fought against uh, legislation like this, especially with when it comes to anonymous reportings, it's so dangerous. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. If I, if I call and report a crime of, a burglary or a theft or, you know, just even if I see a, a vehicle that I suspect as being a drunk driver that's on the highway in front of me, I give my name and my information. They, they take that information. Can you be uh, anonymous when you call to 911 to report a crime? They'll tell you, yes, you can be anonymous, but they still need to get your information as part of the process, what we found with with DCS, anytime that you report uh, child abuse or neglect, you can be anonymous in that, and they don't collect any of that information from you. And so that I've had constituents tell me that uh, DCS showed up at their house on an anonymous report. Uh, they have come in, they've searched their home, not the basis of what they were looking for, maybe. One guy told me it was Christmas and he had his son for his weekend visitation. Uh, a DCS caseworker came in to his home on an anonymous report and told him that he had two days to clean. He had pushed all the Christmas boxes and wrappers that they had used into one pile in the corner of the room. And they said, that's a fire hazard. You have two days to get that out or we're taking your child out of the home. And so he was very distraught, called me on, on the, it was actually the day after Christmas 
is when this happened. And so he calls and, but come to find out anonymous report, they don't know who it was. They just said that the home was, uh, you know, not kept, that there was issues with all kinds of things, all types of allegations that were made that caused them to go. And they didn't find any of that other than there was a box and some wrapping paper pushed over in the corner. Uh, you can call DCS and make all kinds of claims. They're going to send someone out uh, on that anonymous report. And so uh, sometimes they will take children out of the home, even though they may not have the substantial findings that they need, they can go to a judge. And we fought that with a bill. It was either, I either passed it last year or the year before that said that uh, they could not take the children from the home without a judge going before a judge. And so the parents had to be there as well. Uh, to do that. What this bill does is goes a little bit further and says that if I leave the the state or even if I take the child and harbor them in my home, uh, I can be charged with a felony, which is just, I, I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand where this is, uh, what, what makes us think that this is a good idea. There may be something underlying there that makes it work to, you know, protect the safety and welfare of children. But there's so many people that get called up in these anonymous reports that uh, it's, it's really, it's harassment because it's a lot of times, not just one, it could be two, three, four, five times that this occurs. Uh, we tried to get it to where if you had more than two anonymous reports and there was uh, any, and it was all unfounded that you could find out who it was that was reporting you and, and charge them with harassment, which of course that creates a chilling effect, you know, that we're told that people won't report uh, crimes anymore. But any other instance, I have a right to face my accuser, except when it deals with DCS. Well, I would like to see, you know, due process is what our nation is founded on. And to have one little section of our dealings with the government where that is abandoned is always a bad idea. Uh, and especially considering the track record at DCS, I mean, these these folks cannot take care of kids once in their custody. And uh, I, I just I, I don't think that's the best idea in the world. So, Clay, you've been very kind with your time and know you got to get back to work. So what else is there? Uh, if anything that folks need to keep their eye on, I'll let you have the last word. Well, thank you. And uh, thank you for having me with you and to all your viewers and those that support you. You do a great thing and a great job. and. Uh, you know, just continue to watch us. I mean, there's a lot of things that a lot of bills, there's 1500 bills that are filed each and every year in the legislature. Uh, there's a lot of bills that, uh, you know, I've, we've been in session now six weeks or been back in Nashville about six weeks. I don't even know what all has been filed yet. We're working through the committees that I sit on. Uh, now I'm, I'm the chair of the criminal justice subcommittee. So we see a lot of the criminal bills that, that come through the committee and, and um, I still don't even know how many bills have been assigned to our committee for uh, to, for consideration yet. So we're we're working through. We we have anywhere between twelve and and thirty bills a week right now that that'll come before us. And so uh, just be watching. Go to the the Tennessee General Assembly website. Uh, look through legislation. If you see things on there of of concern or maybe that you want to support, reach out. I always encourage folks, reach out to their legislators, your local legislators, your state representatives, your state senators, and then call members of the committee 
that these bills are coming through and let them know whether or not that you support this bill or you have opposition to it. Uh, there's some very good bills uh, that I know that are that are going to be floating around. So, you know, if you can get behind those, do. And there's probably going to be a, a lot of bad bills too. And 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 we all need to know uh, your thoughts on those as well. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Well, thank you, Clay. You've been kind with your time. You know, you have very limited time to make a living when the session is in, and I've already I've already taken too much of it. So we're going to let you, you know, clean up your area. Maybe maybe at some day in the future, you could you could take the pressure washers up to Cordell Hall. Maybe <laughs> do a little cleaning up there. That's right. Uh, sometime. All right, guys. Clay Doggett here. Uh, thank you very much, guys. If you've enjoyed this interview and you'd like to see others like it, please do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com. Uh, and you can find other videos there. Hit that subscribe button or search for Tennessee Conservative on Twitter or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, I'm Brandon Lewis, signing off.